And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague. Well, hello. Welcome into Conference Championship Weekend. Lucy Burge, BetQL Network. We're back again here on Back to the Futures. Brandon Sprague here on the BetQL Network, and we are excited to bring you guys an hour of delicious content because, boy, oh, boy, we have a lot of things to discuss today. Um, We will, of course, dive into the Cincinnati upset of Kansas City and everything that went into that, Kansas City blowing an 18-point lead. We will, of course, because there is nobody, and I dare I say this, nobody more connected to this Brady retirement right now than Lucy Burge and all the scoops she's getting right now over there in Boston. So we'll talk about what happened with Tom Brady and his retirement slash unretirement, what it means for other teams in the NFL, what it means for teams like Tampa Bay going forward. And then we'll dive into some coaching moves, uh, the teams that have hired their next coach, the teams that are still looking for their next coach. And we'll run down some of these Super Bowl odds and give you an idea of kind of what we're rooting or looking for uh, as we have one team in the Super Bowl as we record this and go live. Cincinnati waiting. It's right now at the half. San Francisco up 10 to 7 in L.A. in the NFC title game. But Lucy, first of all, hello. Hello. What are your thoughts on the Cincinnati game? Boy, oh boy, what a start, huh? Oh my God. So we are back after another fight to the finish overtime game, which I thought at first at the beginning of this game, I was ready to flip the channel. I was like, this is a click game. This is so boring. This is another stinker. The Chiefs are going to blow them out. It's touchdown after touchdown. And then the Bengals came back from the dead. The team I picked to win this game and I want in the Super Bowl. They are now in the Super Bowl, hopefully against the 49ers because that's my other pick. But right now, Joe Burrow is the king of football. Joey football is the, the, the most confident football player I've seen since Tom Brady. His confidence, I'm convinced, helped carry them through this game and through these playoffs. And now they're going to the Super Bowl. And he's just so impressive. I was just so impressed by this win. It was another exhilarating game. And I'm so happy that it was not the boring game that it looked like it was going to turn out to be. Well, Lucy, I I don't want to out my dad. I don't do that very often on any content, but I'm going to do it today. He texts me um, right in about the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. He texts me, I know I can't stand the Chiefs more than any other team, but this game is over. I got better things to do. I hope you survive the later game. He had completely counted Cincinnati out. He left and ran errands when he texted me the game and ended. He said, what happened? What did I miss? And I said, an 18-point comeback is what you missed. I'm with you 100%, Lucy. Burrow has a very – and I don't mean he's going to win as many, but there's an aura to Joe Burrow that's Montana Brady-esque. It's just like a cool, calm, collective composure and a very confident player. And what was on full display, the Bengals seven-point dogs, they outright win. The over-under is 54 and a half, so the under hits in overtime. And I, I don't know if you want to start – we want to dive into full Cincy or we want to talk about did Kansas City lose that game with their final possession at the end of the first half. Well, let me tell you about the group text with my dad, who also was starting to count this team out. And he was like, we have horses. He was like, I'm going to go out to the barn. I'm going to take care of them. But he was watching the game, but he was like, this game's over. Everyone's kind of counting them out. I was too. But that was the the kind of tone and tenor of the whole game. I think everybody kind of agrees that they, Cincinnati, I mean, yeah, Cincinnati was counted out early and they came back. I think if it comes down to, did the Chiefs lose or the Bengals win? I think somewhere in the middle, because the Chiefs, it seems like, not gave up, but did they take them too lightly? 
because there were it, suddenly there were Patrick Mahomes had all this time to throw the ball. Yeah, everyone was open. Suddenly they weren't open anymore and he was scrambling. And I don't know if they expected that they were going to be the, the same in the second half as in the first half. And the, the Bengals woke up, said something at halftime where they're like, what are we doing? And then suddenly it all worked out in their favor. And it just, the, the coin toss was like magical because usually whoever wins the coin toss wins in overtime and Joe Burrow beat that curse. And I will say, Nobody worked harder than Tony Romo at the end of that, trying to jinx the Bengals by saying that they were going to the Super Bowl and put the broadcaster's jinx on them. And they didn't even bite on that. And they beat that too. Well, I mean, they're just, they're such a tough minded team. Um, I I'm for one, I'm, I'm always willing to say a team won the game more so than a team lost the game. I realistically, what you're saying, it kind of probably jives with what the game was to me. The real, the, the story here is Kansas city it's not just that you blew an 18-point lead to a, an upstart, young, up-and-coming Bengal team. Lucy, to me, the story is you had Patrick Mahomes with over a minute left driving down at the three-yard line. You had five seconds left. You think there's one more shot at the end zone or a bare minimum. You get a field goal, and he throws to Tyreek Hill at the two, who then just gets stuffed, and the Chiefs yeah. have no timeouts, and time expires, and that's it. Like, I don't know about you, but – I'm 0-3 on betting against the Bengals. Full disclosure, right there. I'll just stop. I'm 0-3 betting against the Bengals. I bet wrong in the Raider game. I bet wrong in Tennessee a week ago, and I bet wrong today. Give Cincinnati all the credit. But I don't know about you. I watched that play unfold. I see Hill get dropped, and the, the clock's at zero. I haven't been that shocked in a long time watching an event of just something I was so sure was going to happen and they walk away with nothing. And you're like, well, they're still up big. But imagine if that's 28-3 at the half or that's 24-3 at the half. There, There is a lead limit here where 18 is impressive. I don't know if you're coming back from 25. And so you look at Cincinnati and weirdly, they, they're down 21-3. Lucy, they kind of go into the half with maybe some momentum. And Evan Washburn said as much on the broadcast to start the second half. I was floored that the Chiefs could not capitalize and get some points in that situation. Thousand percent. It was momentum. That's, I was, your jaw drops. You had yeah. people like Florio tweeting, I can't see anybody, any team in any era beating this Chiefs team. And then Joe Burrow's like, hold my beer. Literally, hold my cigar. Hold Florio. my cigar, save, yes. Hold my cigar. Save it for after the game, please, because yeah. I'm going to need this because we are going to win. And I'll give you my two favorite tweets from today. Josh Allen, after the coin toss, just tweeted pain. And that's pain for the Chiefs because they then lost the game. But TV station in Kansas City tweeted out, this, this tweet is just baffling. So KNBC tweeted out, against all odds, in all capital letters, we were never supposed to be here. We were never meant to make it this far. But against all odds, we did. What a season. Thank you for all this stuff. Against all odds, they were the Super Bowl favorites. Like this, the, the, the graphic says we were never supposed to be here. They counted us out. They put us down. But this team battled back. Who counted you out? Who put you down? Like, this is the most insane tweet. Most like, it's just, I, I am baffled by the way people are reacting. They don't, people don't know how to react because nobody counted the Chiefs out. They didn't know what to do. Okay, so the Chiefs lose. What do we tweet? I don't know. We have to figure this out in two seconds because they had their Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl tweet ready. So they're like, what's our backup tweet? I don't know. Let's just tweet this out. Counted us out. Give me a break. It's, 
it's utter ridiculousness. I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, even if you're talking about week five, where this Kansas City team looked a little questionable, their defense wasn't very good, and they struggled on offense, even if that's what he's referencing, their odds were still like the second or third best if they dipped at all at any yeah. one point this season. You want to talk about underdogs? You want to talk about teams that shouldn't be here? Lucy, Cincinnati, plus 15,000 to start the year. They had worse odds than the Jaguars to start the football season, and now they're back in the Super Bowl for the third time in their franchise's history. That's an underdog story. That's a team nobody was giving a chance to be able to get to this point. And and I, I was kind of a little floored seeing those odds. Zach passed those along to us before the show. And I don't know about you. We've had years where the random team has won it, right? The Giants beating the Patriots in 07. Like, that kind of came out of nowhere. But I don't know if I've had a team quite like Cincinnati where not at one point during the season, not one, I looked at the AFC and said, Cincinnati's the best football team. Not one time. And they might meet a team in the NFC, the Niners, who are leading at the half as we tape this. They might meet another team in the NFC that not at one time I said, 49ers are the best team in the NFC. It truly could be a Super Bowl matchup of legitimate underdogs that nobody was really picking. Right. Uh, two rando teams. Like, if you had said at the beginning of this, like, it will be a 49ers, let's say the 49ers win, 49ers, Bengals, Super Bowl. I would have said, you are Looney Tunes. You are out of your mind. That's not going to happen. I would never put money on that at the beginning of the season. And then look where we are. And it's Joe Burrow. Like, this is like if the Jaguars were in the Super Bowl. And it's funny to hear about those odds now, thinking about what a dumpster fire the Jaguars became. For many oh. reasons, for many, many reasons, but they also don't have Joe Burrow as the quarterback. So I see a very promising future for Joe Burrow if he continues like this. And could he lead any, could he have led the Jaguars to the Super Bowl? I don't know. There are a lot of factors with the, with the Bengals that have led them to this point, but it was not until the Raiders game that it hit me like this team could win the Super Bowl. This team is impressive and they stand out. And that, I mean, maybe I was late on this, but it wasn't until then that I really thought this Bengals team could go the distance here. Let me ask you this, Lucy. Um, of all the things in that game, Cincinnati coming back and, and getting this outright win in overtime despite not winning the coin toss. Funny, it's weird. Uh, a week ago, everybody and their mom wanted to tell me overtime was awful. It was ruined. It's not fair. You lose the coin toss, you lose the game. Weird how a defense can get a stop and all of a sudden the other team has a chance to win that Crazy. argument right out the window. Let me ask you, of everything that happened in that game, what was the most surprising part of the comeback? What was the most surprising part of that game for you? Well, actually, it's funny you say that because the coin toss, because of that, I thought, okay, there's no way it's over. The Bengals aren't going to win now. It was a great run that they had there. But the fact that, the fact that an interception can change. I mean, obviously it can change everything, but that's the key to winning if you lose the coin toss. But I think the fact that they really kept their momentum going even after losing, because they could have easily just fallen apart and they're like, okay, we're going to lose. Like uh, we lost the, you know, we lost the coin toss. We're going to lose, but they didn't. And they kept going and they won. And that, that was the most impressive part to me because I, you see what, what Tom Brady and the Bucks did last weekend which was people are saying it was a comeback that Brady maybe ended his career on. It was a comeback attempt. He did not actually come back. But up until that point, you're like, he could win, he might lose. 
the same with the Bengals. Like until they actually won the game, you're like, this is not exactly like a comeback yet. And then it was, and they won. So I think the fact that they stayed in it after the coin toss, because it really just did come down to that because of this, then that's the most impressive thing to me for sure. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball here because Burrow and, you know, Chase, he had, he had a couple big plays and, and, and Mixon had some good runs. Like they were able to move that ball in the second half. I'm actually going to go the opposite side. I'm going the defense. I thought the Bengals offense was leaving that defense out to dry in that first half. They weren't giving them a whole lot. That defense was asked to do some big things in that first half to kind of just contain as much as they could. And I know they gave up 21, but they also made that pivotal stop on Hill. The Chiefs, Lucy, scored three points in the second half. I mean, if I, if I would have told you that, that you would have never believed that. I would have never believed three I can't yep. believe the under hit in this game is 54 and a half and they hit the under. I'm shocked. The defense deserves wow. all the credit. If you look at the stats, according to profootballfocus.com, Lucy, they, they rank below the top 10 in almost every defensive metric. This is not a juggernaut defensive group, but they applied the pressure. Their coverage was good when Mahomes had time. They made him kind of a little iffy in the pocket. He, how many times did you see the spin move that was unnecessary their defense showed up to play, made huge plays. Tyree Kill, zero receiving yards in the second half of that football game. If, if I was the coach, if I was Zach Taylor, Burrow was great. The offense came through when they needed it to. The defense gets the game ball for me today. Cincinnati's defense, this team being in the Super Bowl statistically doesn't quite make sense. And yet every round they continue to pull off an upset or cover a number and have people like me go, how how are they doing this? It's just a collective. And I thought that defense really put them over the top today. No, that's a great point because hearing, I mean, all of that, you think this is a Super Bowl team. Like that's absolutely wild. And one explanation I can think of for this astrologically, Mercury is now in retrograde and oh, wild yes. things happen. And that's what, I mean, maybe you can pin it on that. But their whole run didn't really come. It started before that. So maybe this just spun them into, into what they are now. But the weird stuff is happening. So this, I mean, you look at the numbers. This is a, anybody can make the Super Bowl now. If you have the confidence and the will and the drive. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's anybody. He's a very talented quarterback. He's very just, he's impressive. He has the confidence that you need in these big spots. And when he said uh, a couple weeks ago, that this is the standard now. Winning is the standard for the Cincinnati Bengals organization and team right now. I believed him. He makes you believe it. He made clearly made his teammates believe it. They ha- All of them have this confidence. McPherson, the, the kicker, everything. They're like, we're going to the AFC Championship game. And they did another in the Super Bowl. All you have to do is, I'm telling you, speak it into existence like this team is doing, and here they are. Yeah, it's, it's a super confident group. I love in our group chat here with the show, we've got people arguing about overtime rules and whether it's right or wrong. Oh, that's but a whole other segment. My God. It's a whole other segment. We can't dive into it, but overall, an impressive road win for the Bengals today. They are headed to the Super Bowl for the first time since, what, 1989, I think is the last time they were there. Yeah. Uh, loaded. We have a loaded show, Lucy. We have a lot to get to. We are going to dive into Tom Brady. I know... Oh, I, I know you cannot wait to talk about this. What's the future oh, so hold for much. Aaron Rodgers? And we've got coaching moves. We've got coaches on the move, getting hired, rumored reports of what coach is going to go where. So uh, don't go anywhere. we got the Back to the Futures. We'll talk Tom Brady's retirement. What happened there? That's next on the Bet You Network.
The Giving Props Contest at BetQL is giving away $2,000 each week during the playoffs, plus a grand prize drawing of $10,000. Sign up for free at BetQL.com slash props. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the bet. So there are two things I think they're going to happen in the market. One is like, and it's already happening, Durant's 12. I mean, he's going to be 500 in two weeks. And if he's not, then you just keep betting. I mean, there's just, it's easy. That one's easy. And it's already happening. And most of the value of it has dissipated. It happens, injuries in award markets are, are like, they move at a glacial pace in terms of taking that For player. For people that and, don't remember, this yeah. was LeBron James last year. It was the same exact conversation we Jacob had. Jacob DeGrom in the NL side young markets too, that's right you just stopped stopped pitching and it's like he and can't still be the, the second choice yeah like yeah. it's not possible so like he's done pitching <laughs> he's done lebron is done playing basketball kevin durant's done playing basketball until march can't win <laughs> too many other too many other candidates can't win sorry you better you bet 3 to 7 p.m eastern from the betql network your home for wagertainment The sports betting world never sleeps. So wrap up your day with BetMGM tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. Are you eating original Fritos? I haven't seen anyone eat regular Fritos. In forever. In, in for a long time. That's it's how you know long. it's a struts. Struts. Oh, original Fritos. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I mean, they used to be the last chips. Like, you know, like the big variety package yeah, you have. the last ones get, you eat. The last chips in the bottom. I remember you I like used to Fritos? tell people their toes no, no, like you Fritos. Eat Tito's, you eat Fritos first? No. Cam, that just told me a lot about you. <laughs> you get a variety pack with potato chips, sour cream, all, and you now. go Fritos? What? He said Who, yes, over it's cool first. Over Cool Ranch? No, it's cool not, ranch. Cam. Fritos are like eating uh, grandma's feet is what the equivalent of Frito is. He's 50. He likes grandma's feet. You know what I mean? BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Sam Panianovich, Nesson Sports Betting Analyst and host of the Chicken Dinner Podcast with us here. It's finding the bigger name players and shorting them. So whether that be a Mike Evans on Tampa or it's T. Higgins on Cincinnati, get a player with a prop of like 45, 50 yards or so and bet them to to have one to 10 yards. You'd be amazed at some of the payouts. Don't bet over under Jamar Chase, you know, 70 yards or whatever. Look at Jamar Chase to have between 10 and 20 yards and the payout's like 50 to one. You bet a little to win a lot and you can find so many markets in the prop market, it's not just like heads or tails or how long will the anthem be or what color will the Gatorade be, but it's finding good players and shorting them at great prices. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, Lucy Burge, Brandon Sprague here, back to the futures on the BetQL Network. The second half is underway in the Niner Ram game. Give you a quick update. It is still 10 to 7. Niners with the football. Jimmy G avoiding a couple sacks in back to back plays. He's now dealing uh, with a third and long. They're on the, looks like about the 43 of the LA Rams, and uh, his pass falls incomplete. So they're either going to punt Ooh, or kick a field goal. We'll see what happens. 
Um, we'll give you an update throughout the show, more and more on that. We'll get to com- co- some coaching moves. Some teams have made some decisions. There's rumors about other teams and where they could be looking. And then we'll talk about a little bit about the Super Bowl lines, what those might look like for you, Cincinnati in. And I don't think this Niner Ram game is going to end, Lucy, before the show is over. So we'll give you our thoughts uh, on that. But let's dive into it. This is right in your wheelhouse. Um, Tom Brady it finishes the year on the big comeback against the Rams, but the Rams get a big play. And uh, they get bounced in the postseason. He's 44. He's going to be 45. Many speculating what happens. And Adam Schefter reports that Tom Brady is indeed retiring. It starts spreading like wildfire. And before you know it, everybody's like, Brady's done. Here's the goat picks. Here's the sadness picks. Like, he's done. It's over. And then his dad and multiple other reports come out saying Brady has not made his decision to retire or not. And nobody knows what to make. So, Lucy, you're in Boston. You've been in Boston for some time. Run this down. What is happening with Thomas Brady? Is he in or is he out? Where do we stand and how did we get to this this point? Yes. So as the BetQL Tom Brady correspondent, I have some thoughts on this. So this day, on this is maybe the wildest sports reporting instance I've ever seen in my life that we have ever seen in our lives. Because what happened was Adam Schefter tweets this out. First of all, weird. Because that is not how you envision Tom Brady's retirement announcement to come out. I thought, Mm -hmm. and as people around here have been speculating for a while, Rappaport had the report after the Bucs lost, like he's going to, he's planning to retire maybe. And so you start speculating, how will this go down? Man in the arena episode, final episode that they announced will happen in the spring. So you're thinking, okay, retirement announcement, possibly. But you know it will probably come from Brady's brand. It will come from his social media account. He controls his message. Schefter tweet comes out. Everybody's believing it, obviously, because it's Schefter. So you're like, this is crazy because that's how it's going to be reported. Weird. But I was one of the people, the hashtag thank you, Tom tweets. Everyone's memorializing his career. Everyone's thank you, Tom, for the memories. Julian Edelman, thank you, Tom, for the memories. TB12 Sports tweets out, thank you, Tom. So you're like, okay, this is real. Then, hold the presses. Don Yee, Brady's agent, gives a statement to Adam Schefter, which Adam Schefter then tweets out, saying Brady has not yet made a decision about his retirement. So everyone's like, hold up, hold the phone. This is insane. So your brain computes like, wait, so he's not retired. So flip back, your emotions flip back, which is just, this is a wild, wild glass case roller coaster of emotions. So like, wait. So he could come back. So then you get that, you get his dad saying, there's no way you get the reports that Brady has told the bucks that he's not quote, not even close to making a decision yet. So then you go back to Schefter's tweet and you're like, wait a minute, what, how did that happen? Like how, where did, where did, so questions about where did Schefter get this? If it's true, how did Schefter think he was supposed to report this? If it's not true again, where did he get this? So my thinking here's what i think happened and what i think will happen i think what happened is brady has decided to retire somehow Schefter found out either brady told him himself somebody close to brady told him or something but didn't somehow Schefter thought he could report it and darlington jeff darlington too thought mm-hmm. they could report it but somehow like did it almost seemed like to Schefter had this tweet in his drafts and tweeted it by accident. I was just like, I guess it's out there now, but that's not what happened, but it, it seemed like it's weird. So I think somehow communication breakdown, which is my biggest question to Adam Schefter maybe ever, how did this happen? In the oral history of this day, we need to know how Schefter thought he was supposed to report this. 
ESPN stood by their reporting and said, we stand by our reporting. Meanwhile, you have the ESPN Buccaneers reporter refuting Adam Schefter's ESPN report. So you have yeah, the Rick two Stroud, yeah. Yes, exactly. So you have the two, uh, and Jenna Lane, I believe her name is, both ESPN Bucks reporters, and they both refuted this. So there's somewhere this broke down, absolute chaos, absolute mess. You have reporters from Boston talking to his dad, Tommy Curran, at NBC Sports Boston, talking to his dad, saying, his dad saying that this is not true. He's not retiring. Well, he hasn't made a decision. So you've got the people saying he's not retiring. You've got the people saying he hasn't made a decision. So I don't even, I don't know what's happening. Also, you have also in Boston, they're reporting that he's not even in the country right now. So no way this report was supposed to come out right now. He's on vacation with his family. Possibly this could be the vacation where he decides whether or not he's going to retire. So this report, everyone's backtracking. You had Edelman tweeting out, like, can't a guy just thank his buddy for the memories without him retiring? Like, can't I just randomly thank him? <laughs> TV 12, you've got them deleting their tweet. So yep. this is, yeah. So this is what makes me think that he has, he decided to retire because these, the, his inner circle is supporting this news. And you think he's going to retire, not tell Edelman. I don't know. But here's another thing I think that could have happened is he told Schefter right before he told the Bucks or something like he hadn't told the Bucks yet. So now he had to backtrack because he didn't tell the team yet that he had retired. But I think what will happen and people have been saying this as a joke and I kind of think it might actually turn out to be true knowing Tom Brady he's going to come back and play an entire another season we're going to get another unexpected Tom Brady encore season out of spite because he did not get to release this news the way he wanted to mm -hmm. I <laughs> I love I love the theory first of all um when I saw his dad push back I kind of started going where you're going here where it was like no Tom hasn't made a decision Tom's calculating, right? His team is very smart. They're pretty ahead of things. When they win, he's got the coolest Instagram video ever. Um, you know, when he releases something or he tweets jokingly at somebody, he has a really funny reference to something. Like, Tom's really good on social. His team is really well constructed. I thought it was more of the, oh, I don't get to control that narrative. You're going to take that from me? I still think I would, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back and, Let's this die down a little bit, doesn't comment on it, and then boom, it, it gets announced. There's a video ready for it and everything. I also wouldn't put it past him. Bear with me here because we're diving into theories of what's going on with Tom Brady. Of I course. wouldn't put it past him, Lucy, for the Niners to, no matter what happens, make a move where they say Trey Lance may not be ready. He may need one more year of seasoning, one more year of tutelage. And you trade Jimmy, you get some capital, you try to rework some contracts, sign Debo. That team's ready to win next year. All, all injuries aside, like you, you take guys and they're healthy, that team is ready to win. The one area that people have pointed out and people like Mina Kimes have gotten backlash for this, Jimmy Garoppolo at times can hold this team back. I look at that as maybe does the guy from Cal get his final wish of playing for his childhood team, the team he rooted for in red and gold, does he get one year? And we all know it. It's the it's the victory lap. It's the tour. It's the retirement party. And he goes to every stadium and he gets a jersey and a standing ovation while also getting to play with a very smart football coach who has great weapons around him. I wonder if he decides to come back, if that's the play for Tom Brady and potentially a play for the San, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Because I don't know what else to make of this. It was all very odd that it was like a done deal. He's retired. Schefter's as good as gold. 
and then it was like backlash backlash re retracting like now you're you're just left here kind of shrugging your shoulders going the goat may be retired or he might be willing to play until he was 45 we'll have to wait and see right and i love this 49ers theory i i think that could happen and i wonder the other big question here is if he does not retire would he go back to the Bucks? Because I think one of the biggest things that goes into his decision of whether or not to retire, it's his family, but his family has been his reason for not retiring. Not re he hasn't retired and his family has been a factor for years and he's been able to negotiate that. But he did not look like he was having a blast this season as he did last season. It was not the fun we're in Florida and warm weather with Tommy and Gronky with right. all the fun like beach party feeling where last season he he knew he could take this team to a super bowl he had the the inspiration of of trying to beat belichick and show belichick that he's good without him this season he won the super bowl he's done everything he needs to do and it's not fun so why come back if it's not fun i mean with this team i wonder too in the back of my mind i'm thinking is he still somehow on Antonio Brown's side of this and blames Bruce Arians for what happened. Mm. That I don't think so. I don't mm. know, but but you see the video of Bruce Arians smacking players around, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't. I mean, who knows who? If he doesn't, if he for maybe not even that reason, but if he doesn't want to play for Bruce Arians anymore, I think he's trying to figure out if there is a team like the 49ers who he could play for and mm. what they're thinking for next season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. I, I don't know about the AB thing. Like AB said Probably. some stuff about Tom right after that yeah. event happened. And I, if you're Tom, you're like, maybe you're still his friend, but you're kind of like backing away. Like, Hey bro, I tried to help you. And you threw me under you the bus. Shouldn't like that. Be. Yeah. They should right. not be friends. <laughs> no, I, I would be done with somebody who did that to me. Now, let me ask you about, about this Lucy, because with Tom maybe retiring or not, it makes us think about another great who's kind of getting up there on the age ladder, Aaron Rodgers, who was bounced early in the divisional round. You know, all the indications going into the year, this was the last dance, right? That him and Devontae Adams put out the picture of Pippen and Jordan, the last dance. Like, this is it for us. He reportedly wanted to trade at the draft. They didn't do that. And I know his fiance. I believe she lives in Colorado somewhere, Boulder or something somewhere like that. Woods. Yeah, she's Clay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's a hippie. Um, there's many speculating his future. Nathaniel Hackett, and we'll get into coaching stuff here, is his former offensive coordinator hired now as the head coach in Denver, and people kind of trying to connect dots there. What does the future hold? If we don't know Tom Brady, what do you think the future holds for Aaron Rodgers right now? I think the future for him will not be in Green Bay. People also, I haven't seen many people talking about the preseason drama with Aaron Rodgers that maybe people have overlooked or forgotten, but like he didn't want to come back. He wasn't showing up. He wasn't in contact with the team. And then he showed up in the, the office shirt with Kevin Malone spilling the chili. Like, you don't do that. And then, I mean, that's got to be your last preseason fashion statement, I would think. So could he retire? I don't know. But I think if he did retire, he would have a lot of options in terms of post-playing career. Spotify podcast with Joe Rogan, perhaps. His own one, and they could do crossovers. He's got a lot of – I don't think much of him as a person, so I'd like to see him retire, honestly. I Whatever happens to him doesn't matter to me. But if he hosts Jeopardy, he's shown that he, he has other interests – he, has, he wanted to host Jeopardy last year or something and the, and, or play for the Packers. So he's already made or, or thought about this and weighed his options. So I don't know if he leaves, but as we were talking with Zach about at the break, could he go to Tampa Bay if mm. Brady leaves <laughs> or to well, Denver? <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. I'm gonna jump in and, and I'm gonna give you a take that's probably gonna be freezing cold in about four months. I, I would say the Tampa Bay thing has zero percent chance of happening. Tampa no. Bay is in cap hell. Um, Godwin's not going to be back for a while. They're probably going to lose Gronk if Tom retires or leaves. I don't know. You just look at Tampa Bay and you can kind of see that kind of falling apart. And I think that's what played out this year. The, the thing about Aaron is Denver's obviously probably the number one destination here. I'm going to throw this at you. You know, we're watching the Rams Niners play right now and the Rams aren't winning, but the Rams have been good every year because they are willing to go all in. They will do what it takes. They don't care about salary cap. They don't care about draft capital. They care about assets that can contribute now. And it served them relatively well. You tell me, Lucy, Aaron Rodgers playing at Lambeau Field in zero-degree temperatures as it's snowing or Aaron Rodgers playing in Indianapolis in a dome where the weather is about 70 degrees and you don't worry about any of the weather because you're playing in a dome. I don't know why the Colts wouldn't be on the horn doing and saying anything they can to talk Aaron Rodgers, because if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he goes to an NFC team. I think they want to trade him to the AFC so they don't see him. Indianapolis is also a team that might be a quarterback away. And if you could get Rodgers with Frank Reich with that defense, that's a move that I think is flying under the radar. As a team like Indy, if I'm Rodgers, why do I want to go to freezing cold Denver? I want to play in a, a decent environment for at least a playoff game so I can show people that I can indeed get this done. Because right now, People are questioning him. And and can you still win at the highest level? Can you still elevate your team? Couldn't do it this year. If I was him, I'd be calling Indianapolis and teams of that nature to try to get down there and play. That's a great point because also people forget that he didn't say the nicest things about Green Bay. He said it's not a destination. Nobody wants to come here. Why are people living here? The fans, like, why would they come here? You all signs point to him getting out of there. Like, why would he want to continue to play there? And the thing with the Bucks, like, of course, that's that's not going to happen. But last season, the Bucks seemed like that's the team to be on. That's where you want to be. It's warm. It's fun because Brady's there. But with Brady leaves, all of the hype around the Bucks that I've seen is gone. Gronk will probably leave. So who? Where's the attraction? To the Bucks, yeah. and something I just remembered in one of the Tommy and Gronky videos that he and and Gronk did. It's it's really unwatchable, but it's interesting to to hear this part of it where he said Gronk asked him about retirement in like a jokey way, and he Tom Brady said, "Well, it's easy for me, or it's not that hard." He said one of the, or either of those two things. Like it's just he was like just kind of shrugged. He was like, "It's not that hard, so why not keep playing?" So if it's really that easy, why not come back? unless he's not going to have fun. Yeah. So that's, no, that's a good... I think that might be the biggest reason why he wouldn't come back, which makes me think he'd come back, but not with the Bucks, because the odds indicate that maybe he will come back. Because in terms of will he retire, the question, plus 145, yes, minus 199. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Tom Brady may or may not be retiring. Coaching news in the NFL. What's going on? We'll talk about it next on the BetQL Network. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some bets from Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.
The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. We have some trends. Uh, there have been 26 teams in the playoffs that have been at least 12 and a half point over underdogs. I know, that's what we should say. We literally have trends, bets, five-star plays, and big butts. references to lie. natural and unnatural disasters. There's malfeasance at play here, there, everywhere, and of course, sexual innuendos, all in the span of four hours, and three co-hosts, two co-hosts and a producer, all trying to figure out how uncomfortable they are from a scale to one to ten. Oh, I Pretty know much all nine. It's Pretty always a ten me. after ten thirty. <laughs> it's always a ten. Sometimes it was on Friday at about ten oh nine. I'm well. surprised Matt has not called me here. I'm like, man, these the way we've been to these last three shows. I'm like, <laughs> I'm definitely getting a call. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Bet. Presented by BetMGM. Well, the 49ers had zero offensive touchdowns, but still beat the Packers 13 to 10. Love <laughs> it or fade it, Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback you can win the Super Bowl with, Chelsea. You don't necessarily have to have a great quarterback who's putting up offensive video game numbers to win a Super Bowl. We saw it with Peyton Manning when they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was like 40 and throwing ducks. Maybe he won't win a Super Bowl, but to say that he can't is incorrect. They went to Lambeau Field. They took down the number one seed in the NFC, and that Niners defense shut down Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Niners are a team. They're not going to blow you away with how they play football. And Kyle Shanahan will find ways to scheme so that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to throw the football 30, 35 times a game. If that happens, they will lose. I don't think he's an incredible quarterback, but he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. I'm just going to stop there. I don't want to peak too soon here with all these bets. I like when Aaron does this, and then like a week from now, it's like I'm not, I'm not betting no more this week. I'm out, I'm done. But then we'll have the day. And I go seven back to like one bet a day, and then I'll have yeah. like ten in a day. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, nine to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. A lot can happen in a day. A lot of, a lot of, and a lot of. Make any day a payday with the BetQL Day Pass. Unlock all of BetQL's proven data and analytics, five-star bets, and insider info for just one day so you can make better bets on whatever single day you want. No subscriptions, no strings, and all for less than five bucks. The BetQL Day Pass, exclusively from BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in Back to the Futures here. Brandon Sprague alongside my great, wonderful co-host, Lucy Burge of the BetQL Network. Week three, third episode. We've been doing this together, and we've had a lot of fun so far. We've uh, recapped the Bengals' big win on the road in Kansas City. We'll dive back into them at the end of this, uh, it just talked about their historic comeback, getting back to the Super Bowl, what it means for the Chiefs. We uh, just talked about Tom Brady, Lucy, through every theory uh, at it. We talked about Aaron Rodgers and his future and what's going to happen with him. Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he going to look to move? And uh, as we're doing this, I'm watching the Niner Ram game, George Kittle with a 23-yard touchdown pass. The Niners are about to go up, Lucy. 17 to 7 with a minute 59 left in the third quarter. The Rams offense in this half 
has minus two yards. Shanahan owns McVay. It is unbelievable the dominance this dude's having over another coach. I love this. I'm so happy right now. I had Niners plus three and a half, and I'm so happy. This is the day of the under. This is the year of the underdog. They said the Super Bowl halftime show is the millennium. This is the millennium of aftermath. And there ain't going to be nothing after that, Dr. Dre. But this is the year <laughs> of the underdog. Look at this. Two underdogs potentially will win today and go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl of underdogs. I just, I love it. I love the storylines here. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy right now. It's a flashback to the 80s, uh, a decade in which I, was, I wasn't I was alive for very long, but a decade, nonetheless, that meant a lot to both these organizations. How, how nervous, by the way, were you to recite that line into what you were going to say and not screw it up? How nervous were you? I was actually very confident because as uh, okay. producer, producer Zach is very good with presidents, I am great with like slivers of rap lyrics. Like I can okay. rap Eminem, I uh, can rap Eminem really fast. Check that out on my Instagram and TikTok um, because that's up there right now. Uh, but Eminem, I can rap really fast. And Dr. Dre, anyone associated with Eminem can spit out those lines. So yes, well, Dr. Dre, I'm very excited for that halftime show, but very excited for this game. Uh, as long as an East Coaster is willing to admit the West Coast is best coast, I'm okay with everything you want to do with rap lyrics. Uh, by the way, Robbie Gold made the field goal, the extra point. So it is indeed 17-7, to 7, Rams getting the ball back with under two minutes to go uh, in the third quarter. Look, we talk about Brady. We talk about Rodgers. Let's talk about some coaching moves real quick here because we're back to the futures, right? This has to do with futures bets and the way you're going to maybe gauge how to bet some of these teams next year. Uh, we'll start with Denver. We mentioned it. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. He's kind of been all over the NFL. He was a Doug Marone disciple, followed him. At a few stops, he gets the head coaching gig. The Raiders today announced the hiring of Josh McDaniels. Uh, well, I mean, the team may not have announced that yet. I think the reports are that that's happening. Uh, yes. Schefter is one of those reporters. The Bears came out of left field with their hire. I mean, I, I was doing a radio show live on Friday when this was announced. They hired defensive coordinator of the Colts, Matt Eberflus, who I never heard of in my life. And the Giants went with Brian Dayball. Uh, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. So Josh Allen loses his OC. So those are the hires so far. Uh, the latest, and there's two reports here, Harbaugh could be a lock for the Miami job. And there's also a report that he's going to interview with Minnesota. So right now you've got Texans, Dolphins, Vikings, Saints currently looking for head coach with Jim Harbaugh, maybe or maybe not going to one of those uh, two teams in the Vikings and the Dolphins. Is there been a hire so far, Lucy, that I, I don't know if it changes much for the team, but you kind of look at and you say, that's a futures ticket I need to dive in on. Well, I think the one that hasn't been announced yet, Josh McDaniels, I think he is a fantastic hire for the Raiders. I think this, as far as the Raiders got this season, they could go even farther next season. They could be put back together by Josh McDaniels, who has his, his credentials with the Patriots, of course, but then you think about the Belichick coaching tree, not always superb. You look at Matt Patricia, who then returned to the Patriots. So I think as of right now, everything that I've heard about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, as what people think about this hire, I think it's, they, they think it's a slam dunk hire, but I think Nathaniel Hackett is a great one for the Broncos too. Why, what is it about Hackett that you, that you kind of just like? Is it just the way you saw kind of that Packer offense move? You think he can bring Rodgers with him? Is that is it well, more the package of Rodgers, or is it just a separate 
you think Nathaniel Hackett is the guy to finally implement the offense that they've largely been lacking? Because, Lucy, there's no disagreement here. Denver's defense almost routinely seems to be a pretty consistent, reliable unit. And what lets them down is lack of quarterback scouting and a lack of having like an offensive minded coach. You just think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be able to do that for them? Yes, but I think so. There's an Aaron Rodgers component to this, and there's a, reportedly he's very good. His energy is good in meetings and in the locker room. So that could really help a lot. He's just a, like, that's one of the reasons why they really picked him was because they, they thought that he could really bring the team together. But Aaron Rodgers, last season, he said he hopes Hackett doesn't go anywhere unless I do. So Hackett yeah. is now gone somewhere. So Rodgers could go with him, but this is also an indication of what Rodgers could do. He could go anywhere. But I think this is just like, it feels like a good pick for the Broncos. Well, you know, Dayball is going to get a lot of the credit for the Giants because of what we've seen from Josh Allen. The problem is Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen, and they're right. going to run it back with him. I'm going to, I'm going to go with one. I'm going to circle real quick. I, I don't know about McDaniels. I'm not saying he can't be good, but you mentioned it. The Belichick disciple tree is, it's got it's a lot tough. of rotten fruit like once in a while you get a good orange but that orange tree is largely just going to be bitter nasty oranges that you don't want to eat so we'll see the bears announcing a defensive coach with a second year quarterback who didn't really get a lot of experience that was a fascinating one not that matt eberflus because i read a piece on him and it sounds like this dude is dialed he knows what he's doing he's got a lot of respect in the coaching world but i just is that the move in this nfl the way this league is set up is the move higher defensive-minded guy as your head coach. I mean, look at the teams we have left, right? McVay, Shanahan, we know Zach Taylor, and we knew Andy Reid. You had four teams left. You had four offensive-minded guys coaching those teams. And that's not to say defensive-minded coaches cannot win in this league. Belichick dominated for 20 years. I just, I looked at that, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But my first reaction was, defensive guy, really? With Justin Fields going into year two, that was interesting to me. Yeah, that is interesting. And that's one of the questions is what will be done with Justin Fields, some guy who can really bring Justin Fields into not elite status, but like, as a, you know, grow him a little bit. Another interesting thing was before the Giants announced Dayball as the coach, Mike Francesa tweeted out of anger about how the Giants need a coach who's a winner, someone who's a proven winner. And I think he was throwing his hat in the ring a little bit there to, to be the coach of the Giants, but they hired Dayball oh. instead. So I would, would have liked to see- Would he fall asleep during the game? Like that would be such a train wreck, dude. Mike Francesa <laughs> on the bench, just asleep with his, his Microsoft <laughs> Surface tablet in his lap. Diet Coke in zero degree uh, weather. That would have been something. So I think if yeah. I were to, to maybe suggest something to the Giants, maybe next time you have an opening or a New York team, maybe pick Mike Francesa because he always says that I think it, it might have been the Giants or somebody in 1991 wanted to hire him. That's his big story is like there was a team that did want to hire me. Yeah, sure. Sure, Mike. Yeah, yeah I think he was he was trying to say he's a proven winner and he's beaten yeah. Michael K many times. So I would say yes. But Francesca, definitely a proven winner. They should have hired him as the head coach. I would yes, have watched that hard knocks. And the, the, oh, I would have watched it too. But yes, the most, uh, the best thing we have in media, radio ratings. That's the best thing to gauge on success. I mean, dear God, if you've been in radio, that you know how that kind of works. Um, so yep. third quarter's winding down here. It's going to be Niners 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. I, I want to I finish with this because, you know, some of those coaching moves are interesting, but I think largely a lot of these teams have moves to be made. I want to get a quick preview because we'll have a show next Sunday. Uh, Super Bowl 
snapshot two weeks out, Cincinnati in, Niners right now up 10. We'll see if they can finish it off. But let's play both sides here before the game uh, ends, and let's be respectful to the Rams' potential comeback here. Niners-Bengals, what do you think that line would be, Lucy? And what would you, how would you feel about that matchup? Okay, so because these are both underdogs, I think – I think the Bengals would be the favorite. I think they'd be minus three and a half, but I think they should be. I would be happier with them as the underdog because that's where their sweet spot is as the underdog, as the the ones who are, of course, the Chiefs were doubted and everyone doubted the Chiefs and they were such underdogs and they against all odds. But no, the Bengals as the underdog, that's where they really shine. So, you know what, actually, I'm going to say the Niners are going to be the favorite. Niners minus three and a half, Bengals plus okay. three and a half, Super Bowl. Boy, I like that you think there's going to be a hook involved here. Yeah, um, I like I, I, th- I think a lot of people get a hook. They're going to be biting on that one. What would the line be if you think the Rams can pull this comeback off? What do you think it would be if it was Rams-Bengals? I think it would be more like five. Rams no minus five? Yes. Something wow. like that. Something okay. like that. I think the Bengals, I hope it would be, because I want the Bengals to be underestimated. Okay. So um, they can really plow ahead. And then let me ask you this. Matchup you most want to see is what? And it might involve your betting future, but I'm just curious. What's the matchup that gets Lucy most excited for the Super Bowl? Oh, it sure doesn't involve my betting future, because it's 49ers-Bengals. I have a vision yep. board to prove it. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've got Joe Burrow on this board, and I'm manifesting it to happen. And we're looking at potentially this happening right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, as we wrap the show up, I think if you get Niners Bengals, I mean, it's obviously there's going to be a million highlights of Montana to Taylor, the Bengals and Niners. And then I think as the week goes on, because two weeks is too long to be off, they're going to start doing the, the borough Montana comps and just how he kind of reminds people of Joe Montana. Like, that storyline wise, I don't think you can beat. And we'll see if the Rams can do this comeback. But I just think the way this season's gone, these two teams just under the radar. I do think overall Bengals Niners would be the more interesting Super Bowl matchup because the Niners are such an underdog along with the Bengals and Rams. I mean, just they can't get out of their own way. And you're kind of seeing this play out today. So I'm with you. I go Niners right. and Bengals. That's the most interesting matchup for me if we right. are to get that. Like, can you um, imagine if they do Radio Row, if they do Media Night, I can't, I don't know with COVID what they're doing this year, but the right. questions they're going to get, and the more, I think it would be much more interesting, the quotes that come out of this, the stories that we get out of it, if it's 49ers, Bengals, because you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who has ties to Brady, so he would get questions about Brady and what's happening with him, which I, he probably doesn't know, but he, you know, there's that storyline, there's the storyline that he is in the Super Bowl. Brady is not. He's the quarterback that that Belichick brought in to replace Brady. So then there's Joe Burrow, who's confident. So there's a lot of storylines that go into that, which is why I want. Well, that's going to do it for us. Rams are driving right now. Fourth quarter just started. Lucy Burge, BetQL Network. Find her on Twitter. Give her a follow. Instagram, TikTok, all those things. We'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week. Back to the Futures. Back next week on the BetQL Network. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You're listening.